listening to the quarter to three movie podcast for the amazing spider-man was that the guy uh, my name is Dwight. before the movie <laughs> that was the intro yeah uh no that's tenacious d come on uh they used to do i don't i don't know like i saw them live like before they were before anybody knew who they were and they did that whole shtick where sasquatch and spider-man uh fight on stage at the end of the show. Uh, Wait, who inspired? So that's what that is from. Who uh, Spider-Man? Sasquatch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is probably from one of the comics, for all I know about Spider-Man. Uh, but we'll get into that in a moment. Uh, my name is Tom Chick, and I am here this week with Christian Murtovsky. Um, I'm having trouble finding myself. And with a tagline from the amazing Spider-Man, Kelly Wand. How dare you? How dare you? I mean, how dare dare you? you? Dingus, how dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Kelly Wand, how dare you? Wait, did he fight the Loch Ness Monster on Electric Company? (laughs) I like the sound of that, Kelly Wand. I like where that's going. Remember when he was on Electric Company, that kid's show? I do, yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's that's how he got his start, and then they did a comic book of it, and now they have the movies. Right. It started with a utility on Monopoly. And I don't know if you know this, but Morgan Freeman played Spider-Man in The Electric Company. Not many people know that. <laughs> Those <laughs> comics were pretty easy reading. Very nice, Kelly Wong. Ah, we're right. old. That's the real joke here. <laughs> uh, actually, before us old folks... No, no, we're not. I'm 17 years old. Hmm, mm. Interesting. Yeah, I'm that's not... why he, that's why he pissed his pants during Brave, and why, I, and since I'm 18, I, uh, no, never mind. Yeah, Kelly Wand. Nothing. I was going to do a Kelly McDonald semen joke, but it seems. Oh important. yeah, let's let's save that for the Brave podcast. That Next we are time get... you want me to repeat something, just say yeah, Kelly Wand. Right, and, you know, and see where it gets me. Yeah. Uh, before we talk Spider-Man, though, uh, Kelly Wand, you also saw another movie that opened this weekend, and I want to know if you would recommend. Savages to the listeners. Now, don't spoil anything. So, when we talked about it before, and I thought about this, you kind of went right to a comment about the ending. So, if you can, kind of elliptically say something about the ending without outright saying it, if you know what I'm getting. <laughs> it's at. like giving away the last two hours of Femme Fatale. Let's put it that way, instead of the last ten minutes. But if you leave ten minutes early uh, of Savages, then what? Well, then you've only wasted ten fewer minutes. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I don't think there's any salvaging of that movie, whether you leave ten minutes early or at the end of the movie. Uh, I, uh, you always go, that's the last time I'll ever see uh, that was uh, just a dream device in a movie. You're like, well, I've seen them all now. They can't ever do it again in my lifetime. And then, bingo. So what you're saying is Oliver Stone still has it in, you, in him to surprise you. <laughs> he has a little Frenchman in him. But... <laughs> He, that's from a book. So was that in the book, too? There's like a bullshit ending in the book? Oh, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I certainly haven't read whatever that book was. And having having seen Savages, I can't help but think that book is awful. And Oliver Stone's awful. And I watched Wall Street, too, because I had this. I was really sick. <laughs> it was on. That's my excuse. So it's like it comfort had, food for you. It's a happy ending movie, too. He fucking sucks. 
He's you know, a grandpa. So, and yeah, he's old. He's probably got kids. He he's wants- Ray Bradbury. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Just go, no, come on. No, that was uncool. Hey. Okay, he's Atticus. Go, Atticus. Go, no, go to Spielberg or something. Yeah, don't don't. No, do go that. to Lucas. I raise you. I don't think. Come on, I, Savages is better than a Lucas movie. How? Um, exactly no, droid, no droids. Jar Jar's the black guy in the car. Who oh, and you know what? You know what? There, there is something droidish about Taylor Kitsch, though. Oh. So he's made three movies in a month. They're like, how many more do we until they go? All right, they don't like him. Well, considering that the three movies are Battleship, John Carter of Mars, and Savages, I, I, I'm guessing that we're not going to be getting a lot more kitsch. Maybe now he'll have to do art house movies. I don't know. Like uh, Savages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the poor man's domino. Yeah. Oh, what? That's that's a nice Ouch. tagline for Savages. Very Take good. that, everyone. Uh, Dingus, you also saw something that opened last week, and it's actually doing very well. Would you recommend, and don't spoil the ending like Kelly Wan did, would you recommend Magic Mike? <laughs> There's an uh, yes. Is it a happy but, ending? Oh, yeah. It's very happy, and it's a very ending. I would only recommend it for Kelly Wand, that he should buy it and see it endlessly. I asked a lady, like a, one of my mom's horny cougar friends, if she like she saw it, and she went, "Fuck yeah!" Like, oh, it's such good value if you're a horny lady. I don't think that's fair because I, I think Magic Mike is it's, it's, it's is more than that. It's more than that. It's totally riffing on the 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 old, you, you know, that that trope about the stripper with the heart of gold who gets caught up in the world of stripping and how it sort of brings her down and she's just into, doing it. It's not riffing on it. It's just—it's not though. I mean, no, no, it's not. It's not at all, Kelly. I mean, it's, I mean, it's smarter than that. I think. Yeah. And it Wait, you saw it too, Tom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I liked it. I liked it a lot. And uh, yeah, Dingus, what are the two main selling points? Would you say for uh, Matthew Hayes, right scrotum? Let me tell you, he's a freak. I I get a little freaked out <laughs> watching him, and it, it, it yeah. Uh, but there are two really reasons <laughs> to see Magic Mike freaked out watching him. Okay, yes. Continue. Well, he's freaky. He's a freaky, weird guy. As I mentioned, and he's David, in a thong. He's in a thong, and it's it's exactly what he wore in Reign of Fire. He's he's reprising his costumes from Reign of Fire <laughs> because they're dragon ladies breathing fire at him. I don't know. If dollar remember, bills. No, he fire. was in weird leather S and M stuff in Reign of Fire, and I don't know if it's his own personal wardrobe that he's bringing into his movies now. Uh, but he, he's just—he's freaky, and it, it, the movie knows that. It's not trying to pretend he's not freaky, uh, so that works well. But Dingus, I would be curious if you would agree with me. What would you say are the two main reasons to see Magic Mike? Um, well, if I can't use Channing and Tatum as two reasons. I'm going to say Channing Tatum and Cody Horn. Yep, I agree. Uh, Cody Horn? Cody Horn, Kelly. I would be curious what Kelly Wan thinks of Cody Horn. She gives one of these just absolute... I mean, it, it's so... Her, her performance is so sort of uh, counter to what everyone else in the movie is doing with outrageous, flashy stuff and freaky Matthew McConaughey. She's a blonde chick. She's the blonde. Oh, she looks good, and she's so not a chick. I mean, that's what's so yeah, awesome yeah. about her. She just looks like—I don't know how you do this performance, but it looks like it's commenting on the movie, but it's not. It's just this—I oh, just don't want to be here kind of thing. And then it—it's—but it so works, and she's so good. She's yeah. just so good. 
it's just a great naturalistic performance, and I was just fascinated watching her. Uh, I so I loved her, and she's so good with Channing Tatum. Uh, I mean, they have great scenes together. And you talk about happy endings; it doesn't spoil anything. But the ending is the two of them having a conversation, and it's just beautiful. It's just an yeah. amazing bit of work. Oh, that's such a spoiler. <laughs> and Steve, Steven Soderbergh is really, really good. And, and I said this during our Haywire podcast. And I know we didn't all agree on that movie, but I really liked it. He's really good with taking different levels of actors yes. as far as their their ability levels and evening it all out. He's really good at at getting the levels even. And it and 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 if their levels don't even out, he's good at making that work too. That's why Matthew McConaughey, as weird as he is in this. He's perfect for it, as uncomfortable and weird as he is. Now, Dingus, where does that fall apart in Magic Mike? Where does what fall apart? That uh, Steven Soderbergh's ability to take oh. <laughs> actors of different uh, capacities and styles and making them fit with each other. That kind of falls apart in Magic Mike where? <laughs> that would be a, a young man with the unlikely name of Alex Pettifer. Alex Pettifer is almost as clumsy as Benedict Cumberbatch, as far as like names go. Uh, did you know, by the way, English, uh, English, Dingus, that he is English? I had no idea. I mean, blind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a freaking Englishman. He was the he was the Beast in Beastly, that Beauty and the Beast in High School thing, and he was number four in I Am Number Four. Oh, so he's uh, he's his own Taylor Kitsch, I, I think. Uh, oh, and, and Kelly, uh, Olivia Munn is in it. Don't you love Olivia eh, Munn? I like uh, Candace Bailey more. Oh. You me. And the well, Drink Baileys. There's... She plays Tarzan. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for ruining... Never mind. Thanks for ruining I... Rosie O'Donnell for me. God. <laughs> she was in my five till tonight. Uh, so, all right, so we have... Uh... No, no, keep talking about Magic Mike. I can keep looking at porn while you guys talk about it. No, I just want to little... briefly say, uh, I think we we do not recommend Savages, and we do recommend uh, Magic Mike. Now, let's move on to a little uh, amazing Spider-Man, find out whether or not we recommend that. Uh, Dingus, before we spoil it for anyone, if you're listening and you haven't seen The Amazing Spider-Man and you're going to, we're not going to spoil it yet. Stick around for a moment. Dingus, why don't you give us a little spoiler-free idea of what the deal is with this movie? Didn't it come out in, like, 2002? By the way, it, it wasn't amazing not. then. <laughs> it wasn't. It was just generic. Right. Well, this week we saw the Amazing Spider-Man, the generic um, Spider-Man, the generic Spider-Man, a 2012 American action adventure superhero comic book reboot movie mm. about a teenager dealing with amazing new powers. Mm. It was. You mean Emma Stone getting a job at her dad? Never mind. <laughs> she. I don't. Is she a teenager in this? Yeah, she's 34, I think, in our yeah, health. So. It's a very good one. Young. And meeting cute. It was directed by Mark Webb and written by James oh. Vanderbilt, oh. Alvin Sargent. Oh. Uh, demote him to corporal immediately. <laughs> the, fabulous, <laughs> the fabulous Baker Boys, Steve Cloves. Ugh. Uh. <laughs> It stars oh. Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone, Reese Fons, and Irfan Khan. The Amazing Spider-Man is rated PG-13 for sequences of action and violence, and for the use of the term, Mother Hubbard. Ouch. It's harsh. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? 
You're going to give it a PG-13, that's what. You can only say Mother Hubbard once in a PG-13. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, Amazing Spider-Man uh, opened with... Uh, it had a one of those long, crazy weekends where it, it opened on a Tuesday, so you don't count those first few days, whole right. Fourth of July holiday throws it out of whack. But if you just count its opening weekend, it made $62 million, uh, which it, it led the box office this weekend, but... If, for instance, you are you wanted to enjoy a little Schadenfreude about this movie, uh, it is the l- least, it is the lowest opening weekend of any Spider-Man movie ever. Yay! Well, there have only been four, so ever means ten years, right? Yeah, but for four movies, it, actually, that is Kelly Wand like uh, that. That's sort of against the conventional wisdom of I think what Sony was expecting. Really. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, you do even though it's a reboot, even though it's with a, a new actor, uh, <laughs> even though think, they fired Sam Raimi who made them a billion dollars and hired a guy who made a musical. Uh, yeah, I think they were hoping that were hoping. This <laughs> would at least beat the first Spider-Man. Uh, but because it's a reboot, you know, maybe the different rules apply. But it did not live up to the previous Spider-Man uh, box office-wise. But now we've seen a million. When the first Spider-Man came out. There weren't any superhero movies. That was the first superhero movie. And they went, holy yeah. shit, let's make ten million more movies just like this. And now we've seen all those movies. And then they're like, all right, let's go back to, let's pretend no one's seen those, or any I, movies. <laughs> I think part of what's going on here is that the way licensing deals with stuff like this can work is that Sony is obligated to do a certain number of these movies like regularly like if they don't do one every to marvel if they don't do one like every three years the rights revert back to marvel and marvel can sell it to someone else like i, I think there are contractual reasons that they need to crank these out it's called whoring uh it's called licensing which is the same thing yes oh <laughs> uh but anyway so let, let's look briefly at how it has done critically uh on metacritic where they take the rating of reviews that, that give numerical ratings to, to movies, and they average them all out. On Metacritic, Amazing Spider-Man is at 66. Uh, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, which looks at the whether or not a review is positive and gauges the percentage of them that are positive, Amazing Spider-Man, 74% on Rotten Tomatoes. So three-quarters of all reviews, love it. thumbs up. Um, and I want to talk about why that is in just a moment. Uh, we'll get into that. But first, Kelly Wand, I do not envy anyone who has to write a synopsis of a movie that you could just basically recount the script, and there right there is a synopsis just as outrageous as anything you could think up. Uh, doesn't that kind of put you in a pickle? Yeah, so what I did was just not do anything. <laughs> Well, what are we going to do for our synopsis? Well, instead of the synopsis, since the movie so far exceeds... Like, I couldn't do it justice with the Mare-opsis. I thought it would be fun if we all played a new round-robin game I just invented on the spot just now. (laughs) (laughs) But what would you call this round-robin game? What would be the name of it, and how would it work? It's called (laughs) Spidobman. Ver. Deluxe. What, what language is that? What's the what's the it's spider speak? That's how sp- he learns. Sp- see, I can speak spider, but I can't write it. I see. So that's why you didn't understand it. And can, Even can you ex- I was speaking. <laughs> can you explain in English how this would work? Well, based on my skills at English that you've just sampled, sure. I will say something I thought was really awesome in Spider-Man mm-hmm. that made me giggle like a girl, and you guys have to find something stupider than that. Or 
the game just keeps going. <laughs> okay, so we're trying to top each other with increasingly stupid things from the Amazing Spider-Man. It's your favorite stupid thing from Spider-Man. Okay. I have several, actually, so I think I'm up for this. So, Kelly, why don't you kick us off? Give us an example. See, you're, we'll probably have some overlap, so, like, the winner... And we should keep it fair. Like, we have to go, yeah, that's definitely the stupidest. Okay. Okay, you so... you have to say it like that. Yeah, that's that definitely the stupidest. Dingus. <laughs> that's definitely stupid. Okay. Wait, was it... Okay. That'll pass right. for Dingus, yeah. yeah. So, do you want me to give you... Okay, so I'll, I'll start off with an easy one, because it's not like you want to um, shoot your wad early, so to speak. <laughs> you don't want to blow your webbing right you don't off the bat. You don't want to sling your web prematurely. Yeah, you don't want to just slather it over the first skyscraper you see. Okay, here's mine. Lizards don't stick to his web in the sewer, even though that's what his trap's supposed to be. Ah, right, the little, the real little lizards. They could just crawl around on the webbing. Right, right. And what are those guys? Chameleons. Yeah, I know, but why are they there? And why does he see them? <laughs> why aren't they the he, same colors as the web? You know what, Kelly Wan? It was product placement for that Geico insurance company. Ah, well done, Tom. I like that. Yeah. Just like all of the research montages in the movie were product placement for Microsoft. Thanks, Microsoft. It's like I don't get enough unwanted Bing on Xbox Live, <laughs> so I think they need to make sure to work that into every research montage from now on. I want to I want to see people not Googling but Binging in research montages. So that's actually that's my follow up is uh, is the research montage was basically Andrew Garfield Binging Spider Bite and uh, Doctor Kurt Connor or whatever. Wait, that one or when he banged his father like five minutes earlier to the same music? When he did what to his father? There was a lot of binging people. People were, yeah. There were three internet montages right. that I recall. He binged his father? He binged Kurtwood Kurtwood. <laughs> we, need a, we need a different verb, I'm afraid. <laughs> and he uh, binged spider biting. But okay, wait, so he strings webs through the sewer right. to find the lab that he later just finds by walking into it. And then fine, and then t- turn the computer on, and then the, the guy going, "Okay, I've discovered Peter Parker's father." But it's like his first plan is string the whole sewer full of webs, and then one trembles, and then it's a lizard coming down on it that's not sticking to it, and that's what he. And then they're crawling up his legs, and then that was his ambush. Like that's his strategy. It's amazing, isn't it? Uh, in the in the Amazing Spider-Man game, by the way, they have these sequences where you drop down into the sewers, and you have to. You, you pop webs through all these, like you're in a room with like eight doorways leading out. And you're like, which doorway do I go out? So you have to walk to the middle of the room and press a little context-sensitive button, and Spider-Man shoots webs down each of the corridors. And you have to turn the, cor- turn the, the controller down one web at a time until one of them makes your controller vibrate. And, oh. that's, and that's the one you go down. So the movie's product placement for that, for corridors in the video game. <laughs> exactly, yes. Uh, thanks, Activision. Uh, really? They like that so much. They went, oh, we got to put this in the game. It's so interactive. To well, the web thing is, the whole web, that whole web thing is just about sound. It's just about uh, tremors, really. It's not but to catch anything. really about sticking. Right, I know. No, 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 it's not. It's, a, it's about, uh, it's, a, think, it's a security device. I think Dingus is right. And and that's, yeah, their their webs aren't, do they stay? No, because he sticks it on like uh, he sticks it on people and grab like he grabs. Then he stop, yeah, it sticks to everything, and then it nothing stops sticking to anything. Well, he grabs Mary Jane's butt with it at one point. Right? No, that's no, no, no. 
He does, it, the the web in this movie is just uh, something that's used for towing shit. I mean, that's the whole that, that's the whole technology. It, it's something he stole from the company that's used for towing airplanes. Right. It's not for and, sticking things. It's just super strong and tow. It's tow cable. And his costume is stuff that he heard two guys talking about at school in front of him, and he's all that's it. And then he steals that shit. So he's really a, he's like an industrial he's like a, yeah he's an he's an intellectual property thief and yeah. a superhero yeah all right thanks uh, whose turn is it for my game that I invented it's my so. turn I, my my ridiculous thing that I'm going to top you guys with is the stupid use of steak wait but that's you put it on when you get a fat lip you put it on your lip no you don't you put it on a you put it on a black eye and it doesn't even work for that. The steak is only used for black eyes. No, Peter Parker gets punched in the mouth, his lip gets a little swole up, and Martin Sheen gives him a steak for his lip. Uh, (laughs) That's in the basement, and then he finds a suitcase, too. Yeah, why do they have steak in a flooded basement? I don't remember that. (laughs) That's where he got it, right? Yeah, they're 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 sharing a moment in the flooded basement, isn't it? I think. And uh and and Martin, how dare you, Sheen, uh whips a steak out of his pants or whatever and, and gives it to uh to Peter Parker, his son. Which he puts on his mouth. Yeah, it's not his son. His dad's the one who erased a blackboard with a spider on it. On no, his... no, the parents aren't in this movie, Kelly. Stop it. Which I... turn is it? Okay, here we go. Uh, the the idiots giggling next to me in the movie. Oh, my God, they were so disruptive. I hated those guys. Oh. I mean, the thing is, I would feel, if the movie wasn't so immediately awful, I would feel bad. We all three saw it together. I would feel bad for the other people sitting around us. And I fully expect that at some point, maybe someone sitting around us was like, like into the movie or something and was going to tell us, hey, would you work on it? Uh, you never know. You never know in L.A. But uh, no one no one reprimanded us for basically being, like, we weren't loud, but we were definitely giggling at things that other people weren't giggling at. Um, we were leaning over and saying things to each other like, how dare you? We were reenacting the how dare you scene uh, That's several talk. times. So we're being the obnoxious. Right. Yeah, at one point, the woman next to me pulled out her cell phone and was, like, sending a little text. And I immediately <laughs> went into, like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't cotton to that kind of behavior in a movie theater. I should give her a dirty look or say something. And realized, uh, oh, wait, I can't, I've lost all moral high ground at this point. Even if I, you know, even if I had liked the movie and hadn't wanted her to do that, we were just being s- such jerks that I, I couldn't say anything to her. But you know what? This is, I, well, I don't want to throw away the game just yet, but that, it's like we weren't laughing just because we were in a good mood. It's like the movie kept throwing shit at us that was funny. It really was the movie's fault, I know. For the I, whole movie. It's yeah. all funny. It's one of the greatest movies ever. <laughs> all right, well, then here, let me give you then. Uh, so so I will excuse the giggling idiots next to me, considering I was one of them. Uh, so here you go. Here's something that I thought was a little silly. Uh, everybody in the city is is either related or knows each other. Yeah. Or uh, works together. Or works together. Uh, you, you know, like, see Thomas Howell is the foreman of all cranes. Oh, the crane operators. Yeah, the, all United. the crane operators. Uh, Gwen Stacy's in charge of all the scientists at Oscorp, one of whom is recent. Peter doesn't know that. Who knows Dennis Leary, who's her dad. Police who, chief and scientist. Yeah. Uh, so, the, the yeah, New York City consisted of about seven people in this movie and about a hundred extras. Uh, who didn't have any dialogue? That was right. That was the entire population of the city. It's easy to get laid if your girl is working at the place where your dad also had the blackboard. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. His dad worked there, too. Yeah, everybody knew each other. Uh, so I don't know why he had to Google anything. He could just come up to, like, Mary Jane and say, hey, you do you know Kurt Connor? And she'd be, oh, yeah, that's my boss. Kurt Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> Mary Jane. Mary Jane and Kurt Cameron. Yes. <laughs> like, like all of that. So, okay, okay, wait, wait. Yeah, I yeah. want to I wanna do one. All right, what do you got? I like when Flash ruins a girl's banner that she's writing to cheer his team on to victory. He, like, knocks her over and fucks up the banner, and then he tells her to watch her back. I thought that was awesome. You even said at one point, you even said at that point, you said something like, he wouldn't say that, or, like, why is he picking on her? Yeah, that's, she's helping him, his basketball career. Yeah, like, he's just lashing out at the random adorable girl. You know, I think that was Margaret Chang from Rushmore, by the way. Uh-oh. She had that, that same kind of adorable look to her. You're a real jerk to me, you know that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I also liked at the end when he, uh, he shows Peter that Flash is wearing like a Spider-Man t-shirt, and Peter stares at it, and Flash goes, Yeah, I gotta wear this to get laid. Like, <laughs> chicks really dig this. Otherwise, I'd have... Uh... Didn't you like the redemption of the bully, though, Kelly Wan? Don't you appreciate that sort of thing in a script? Well, his redemption includes Peter getting in trouble for making the greatest basket ever, which <laughs> and then getting yelled at by his uncle for humiliating that boy. Even though the uncle didn't see it. Never mind. Like that his uncle, that was his probation officer. <sighs> Remember when Uncle Ben made a play for the gun? That was kinda of good too. And how he had to Oh that's my him. next one. That's my next stupid thing. What is I it? can't believe we have gun wrestling as a death. I can't, I fucking, I'm sorry for using bad language. I hate that trope so much of, uh, oh, we're going to have gun wrestling and somebody's going to die. Uh, I, I can't believe they no, actually did that. No, see, the, the thing is about, about doing that, Dingus, the whole point of doing that is they wrestle for the gun, it goes off, and then someone gets shot, and there's supposed to be dramatic tension about which one got shot. The yeah. moment, <laughs> You're the, right. the, the moment that you see Uncle Ben on the street, you know that, oh, this is the part He's where he got dies. It. He right. got the burglar and they changed it. So why does Mark Webb do that gimmick where the whole point is to add some dramatic tension about who gets shot when we know right off the bat <laughs> this maybe is Sharon doesn't know. <laughs> it's the laziest way to make something PG-13 of all time. I mean, first of all, you, you totally neuter the whole idea. I mean, the, the guy that Peter Parker won't stop is a guy who stole a couple of dollar bills from a cash register. That's it. And, and then he runs down the street and has a gun wrestling moment. That's yeah. what you're gonna do, really? After calling out Peter, uh, and awesome. and he then uh, and so here's my thing. He then goes, you know, his his lifelong goal is to scour the city hunting Ron Eldard from Rhodey. <laughs> Everybody he hunts down, that's is he's looking for that guy, which I thought was kind of cute because I loved and Dingus, you liked it too. I loved Rhodey. Uh, so that that was that was the guy that Spider-Man was looking for. Well, he's hunting for because the cops told him. By the way, he has a star tattoo. On ah, his right, face. right. We're just going to tell you that and not act on it ourselves. And then he never finds the guy or the. It's star. amazing how many criminals look like that guy and have the tattoo. Yeah. yeah. And then get off scot-free because they're not that guy. So all the murder sprees continue because he's only like after the one murderer. Yep. Did Uncle Ben ever say, with great power comes great responsibility? Because I got the sense that they were trying to not say it. No, he said something about, he just, he used the word responsibility, but he didn't say that exact line, I don't think. 
Yeah, this movie can't have actual dialogue, Kelly Wand. They mm. couldn't do that. Uh, all right, here you go. Uh, what happened to Irfan Khan after <laughs> right. he... Uh, so I also felt like, as far as making him a villain, I kind of felt like they were pulling their punches because he decided, you know, let's test this drug on, I think he said the VFW. They're going to, like, Veteran of the Foreign Wars building or whatever. Uh why would they do that? If they really wanted to make him a villain, send him to like a children's hospital or an orphanage. So I feel like they soft pedaled what a bad guy he was, and then he vanished. Yeah. Like, he gets rescued, and w- and we have to instead watch the CG Risafon's lizard thing as our new villain. Well, then the lizard vanishes too, even though he was there to get that guy. He vanishes. From I think I- Irfan Khan's car goes over the bridge, doesn't it? Yeah, but doesn't it? <laughs> Well, but Spider-Man webs it. Right? Yeah. Oh, does he? Oh, all right. All right. Yeah, it like, doesn't rescue him. Then a guy goes, hey, my kid's in the car, even though there's people in all the cars, I thought. And then he goes there, and he, and he gives the kid his mask to wear, because he says it makes him strong to wear the mask. And when he brings the kid up to the bridge, the kid's not wearing the mask, which means he took it off on the way up. <laughs> give me that's that back, back, kid. Yeah, give me the mask back. We're that's almost not, there. Uh, that's not some guy, Kelly wants. That's the That's the... That's the Foreman of all cranes in New York City, Kelly. Oh, you of course want to save his kid because you know you, you never know when later. You right, right. You might need a crane at some point in your web swinging career. Was that part of the equation that Peter wrote on a board and then handed over to Reeseifens and went, "Hey, here's the solution to being the supervillain." And then now, why? Why exactly does Spider Man? Here's mine. Here's my next one. Why does Spider Man need a mask <laughs> in this movie? So he can get it taken off in front of Dennis Leary and another cop, and then the other cop pretends he He takes it off every two seconds. He's like a stripper ripping off her bra. I mean, he can't stop taking his fucking mask off. Kelly, why did you notice how Dingus intentionally... Yeah, he intentionally tried to avoid a Magic Mike reference and and talk about female strippers. I think he's, like, overcompensating by being titillated by seeing so much Channing Tatum recently. (laughs) He's like a dude with a penis pump. (laughs) That's gross. (laughs) What? By the way, until I saw until I saw Magic Mike, I didn't know that those things actually like existed and were used. I know there was a penis pump gag in an Austin Powers movie, but you actually see one in action. Kills someone using an odd job, right? But you actually see one used as it's intended to be used, and it never occurred to me. I, I just never even thought about it. What in Magic Mike? They use it. Y- yes, yes. You see, uh, yeah. I don't even want. To That's talk, what breast implants are for male strippers. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Uh, Wait, doesn't it just make your penis explode? I don't know what it does. It looked uncomfortable, is all I have to say. I'm not sure I would want to subject myself Maybe to Maybe at that. the lowest setting, it's really comfortable. <laughs> Let's talk about Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Hey, okay, so at the end, Peter okay. Parker makes promise to dying Captain Stacy. Hey, I'm a, you're going to have enemies, so uh, don't fuck my daughter anymore. Or they'll kill her, too. And then, even though he was the police captain, so it's like they have this problem already, kind of. So then he's all, yeah, all right. But then he doesn't come to her, Captain Stacy's funeral, which wasn't his promise as well. <laughs> but it confuses Gwen. Then he goes to school, and then he breaks the promise to the dad. And Chilly finds out about that because the teacher goes, hey, Peter, you promised you would stop being tardy to chemistry. And then he's all... Reneging's the greatest kind of promise. And then Gwen... And he nudges her in the ribs while he's saying yeah. that. And she's like, oh, yeah, we're going to fuck tonight. So it's like <laughs> he's lying to her dad on her on his deathbed. Never mind. He's kind of a jerk, isn't he? He's like, a dick. He does that. <laughs> he's, he's a dick for the whole movie. He's, he's a, a total, total dick. dick. 
He enables. That's right. He gives Risifons the 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 he the the uh, formula for the serum. He gets his uncle killed. Yeah. Does he solve any crimes or do no. anything? He doesn't find Ben's killer. He also endangers. He uh, Captain Stacy's right because he the lizard finds out about him. By seeing cameras are property of Peter Parker, <laughs> <laughs> which to me is the trumping dumbness in the movie. Well, that is especially yeah. he uses one of those little turnwheel things. Those little yeah. Turn and why does he have cameras? He doesn't work for the Daily Bugle yet, but he has five thousand cameras for some reason. Why? I want to know why he has one of those old school turning tape things. Yeah, yeah. Who makes well, those? Because she's wearing miniskirts, so it's the sixties. I thought, even though there's laser CG spider rooms, so it's not the sixties, is it? Super advanced, yeah. Then he knows, oh, it's Peter Parker, so he tracks him down to school in the middle of the day. Right. <laughs> Toilet. That's how he tracks down the one guy. He knows where he... You know. And he leaves his coat there, which is a huge reveal. <laughs> like he wouldn't have known who it was. Right, right. Uh, what, what, um, what do we think of Andrew Garfield in this? Dingus, you and I are huge Andrew Garfield fans, going back to Boy A, uh, Never Let Me Go... Uh, Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. So, uh, as an Andrew Garfield fan, how did you feel about his performance in The Amazing Spider-Man? I felt he was totally betrayed. I mean, what I feel in watching this is what I get... I mean, because it's clear the guy knows how to act. And I kind of got this Hayden Christensen kind of thing. Ooh, ouch. That that this director said, (laughs) um, uh, go ahead and just try some stuff. Uh, I'll t- I'll, I, you know, this is what this is what you do with when you're working with an actor. If you're a director, you you, you encourage him to try things, and the, the actor trusts you to take care of him in his performance. And in a in a film, uh, it's the director's responsibility to really protect that performance, yep. uh, both in the actual shooting and in the ed- most importantly in the editing. You know, a performance is totally shaped in the editing. Um, and the sense I got here was that Mark Webb said to Andrew Garfield, just, just play, just go for it. Uh, you know, act like you have Tourette's, do whatever you want. And so Andrew Garfield being an actor, I think, who has real talent. And if you watch Poirier, you say real talent there. Um, and the same kind of character in a way, too. Exactly. And, and one of the things I wondered was, where's that, that beautiful awkwardness you see in Boyer? I mean, is it just that, that now Andrew Garfield's popular and he has to pretend at that now? But I don't think that's it. I think it's just an, a, a director who, uh, who doesn't understand how to shape a performance and how to protect an actor. Because one of the key things that a director has to do is protect an actor who wants to experiment especially if you're going to encourage that. And I got the sense for almost every performance in this movie, but especially Andrew Garfield's, that the director just is clueless as far as that con- that's concerned or doesn't care. And I can't, I can't be more pissed about that because Andrew Garfield is a real talent, and he was just truly betrayed by Mark Webb. Uh, Dingus, what else would you expect from the director of 500 Days of Summer? Yeah. What do you? Well, I, n- nothing. That's why when I mean I I hate that movie, and that's why when I realized he was directing this, I I couldn't have been more confused. It just as I was confused about the fact that so many people loved Five Hundred Days of Summer. The the funny thing is, I I get the sense Five Hundred Days of Summer also featuring two immensely talented actors, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Zoe Deschanel, are just just amazingly watchable, very charismatic very talented actors and i kind of feel like mark webb didn't quite have the gall 
to crush their performances in 500 Days of Summer like he does in Amazing Spider-Man, where it gets lost <laughs> under so much just like CG and bad story and, and just bad editing. Uh, like, you can watch 500 Days of Summer and hate the movie and still come away thinking, hey, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is great. Hey, Zoe Deschanel is adorable. I love these actors. I, I can't. I got no sense of that from Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone, who again, both very talented, very watchable, great actors. But you would never know that in this stupid, amazing Spider-Man movie. Uh, and and for me, you're, you're right, Ding. It's like I, I get the sense that he he just sort of left it up to them a lot. And there are flirting scenes in this movie that are so incredibly awkward, where he just picked the, a wrong take, or he didn't they didn't he didn't give them any sort of groundwork. You know, the script certainly gave them nothing. But but the sure sign that that it's the movie's fault and not the actor's fault is you can watch the same exact scene, uh, the, this sort of uh, naturalistic just just flirting without dialogue, with Andrew Garfield and Boy A, and I forget the actress's name, uh, but but it just is a uh, just just very expressive. She's a little overweight. Just this beautiful woman who plays the love interest in Boy A, and the same kind of flirting scenes happen in that movie, where it's not in the dialogue, it's all in the subtext, it's how they look at each other, and you know Andrew Garfield can do that. And similarly with Emma Stone and uh, and Jonah Hill and Superbad, that same yeah. kind of flirting where it's not necessarily in the script, it's all subtext. So both of these great actors, Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone, can do that scene. But for whatever reason, Mark Webb can't capture it on film or doesn't edit it correctly or doesn't. I mean, and, and you're so right, Ting, it's to use the word betrayed. Uh, these actors deserve better than this. And it, it's just it's a shame that you, you don't get any sense for how good they are watching this stupid Spider-Man movie. Um, There's this moment where Andrew Garfield, I think it's in the scene where they suddenly decide to go up to the roof after uh, having the awkward scene with the, the fish they talk about 5,000 times at the table <laughs> and and andrew garfield just has this moment that. where he just goes okay 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 and and i got the see the sense of that mark webb had, had said okay let's try something uh, let's just 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 let's do an experiment let's pretend you have tourette's and let's do that okay we're just going to do that we're not really gonna we're not gonna roll camera on this just do it Okay, then we're going to try something else and it was a, it, it's the we're kind of experiment camera. a director does to go Let's launch into something else now to see if the scene can work. And but instead, Mark Webb just films all of it and then just cuts whatever he fucking feels like cutting in, even if it's experimental. Yeah. Well, and why? he thinks that's a good idea. And he doesn't on, know the chaff from the wheat. That's what it is. Right. Yeah. And how on earth is it that Sony decides to give him a movie with a two hundred million dollar budget? Good because God. Sam Raimi didn't make them enough money. Well, I, I, there are plenty of people though who are like new unseasoned directors who show some kind of talent or facility with with actors i mean why how on earth did mark webb fall into this why did sony i, I just that's what mystifies me i'm okay with them making a crappy spider-man movie but why would they look at 500 days of summer or whatever mark webb has done and think yeah let's get let's get him to do our 200 million dollar picture how did that it's happen? someone's married to someone's casting director's stepbrother or something ah it's okay. all it's just me well you know i would think i i mean that much money just follows that is it really that kind why of are why is taylor kitchen three movies in three months you think that's because, like, everyone, oh, this guy's so talented. Well, I, no, I do think there is this Dick weird... Dick in a limo somewhere. <laughs> and here we are. 
Well, I do think the thing with Taylor Kitsch, and, you know, there's a lot of Sam Worthington there, is that he gets some really big role or he gets someone's attention, and then someone else heard that he's in this next big movie, and they want to cast him in the movie. So it's this kind of weird self-fulfilling prophecy, like where they're trying to – they're hoping, yeah, he's going to strike. He's going to be like the next Russell Crowe or Brad Pitt. Yeah, and so they want to to grab him early. Uh, He's got the shrillest agent uh, who's on the most coke during coke season. (laughs) And so maybe you are. <laughs> maybe you're right. It's the same thing with Mark Webb. Is yeah, this kid's hot. You know, he just did 500 Days of Summer. Sony's thinking about him for uh, this the Spider-Man movie, and it just happens. They All use right. computers to decide a lot of that shit. Like, um, so it wouldn't surprise me that Taylor Kitsch somehow came up on like it was like a Brazil computer getting the fly stuck in the bottle tuttle thing. <laughs> Like they meant to cast someone else, right? And, uh, it was, and that guy would have been, the, and he's the. It's like a Daniel Day Lewis, and he's like, "What happened?" <laughs> now he's uh, he's doing theater somewhere, and right, uh, he's being tortured by Michael Palin somewhere. <laughs> so there's a there's a guy named Taylor uh, Mitch who's an excellent. Yeah, Taylor Mitch. He's the world's greatest actor, but we'll never know. Oh, poor and Battleship would. There's a parallel universe where Battleship's the, the Citizen Kane of the movie world. And, <laughs> We're doing a podcast going. We can't. We're retiring the podcast because the greatest movie ever was made, and there's nothing left to say about the medium anymore. Uh, Spider Man, which, by the way, Spider Man is one of the greatest times I've ever had a movie, and I put it on a list of very. There's only like a couple movies where they're so bad they're kind of good and hypnotic, and if they're on, I leave them on. And Amazing Spider Man is totally going to be one of those. I think it will always. I'll always want to watch it. No, I could never sit through this again without you guys. Like I just, it yeah, was you guys totally... have to be there. I should point out, <laughs> I can't do it alone. But... Uh, I just, was there any anything to recommend this? Yeah, it was never boring. I was laughing constantly, and I go, all right, my weed's wearing off. It's not fun anymore. No, wait, it's hilarious again. He's broken it. My, I remember thinking, all right, I'm starting to get bored, and then there was the scene where the car thief breaks into the car with using that electric. Oscorp thing or something, and then he gets in and he doesn't notice Spider-Man's in the back seat, which means Spider-Man's also broken into that car. <laughs> and he knows that the thief is going to break yeah. into that car. You know, which car the thief's going to be in and the thief doesn't see him. I love that. That's so fucking dumb. And again, that is that is freaking Mark Webb. You know, that's a device where somebody has been stalking someone else, and a normal guy gets into his own car, and then through the windshield you see the shot where the, the bad guy is in the back seat. You know, that's a device to use when somebody is stalking someone else. Right. And there's no, you know, the thief is stealing a car. He is not being, he's not a guy getting into his own car. Like, it's Mark Webb not understanding why a scene is shot a certain way and imitating it in the complete wrong context. And Uh, a guy who would have an awesome electronic car lock opener would be too unobservant to notice a human figure sitting in the backseat of the car. And then it, it turns out to be compounded by the fact that it's also a police sting operation. Yeah. Apparently. Oh my God, that's right! <laughs> and where are the, where are they though? That he that Spider Man doesn't know about. He doesn't know there's a police sting operation, but somehow he teleports into a car that the police are surveilling. And, ah! and the so cops don't again, stop him. Yeah, once again, Spider Man has enabled crime, villainy, misdeeds. He, he then he argues it with the with the captain, like, "Hey, Spider Man's trying to help." Okay. <laughs> 
And then later, Captain Stacy goes, oh, it's that douchebag who came over for dinner and was a total asshole. In and front of his family, too. In front of his wife and his little children. Yes. And I discovered him in my daughter's room in, after climbing the fire escape. But you know what? Go get him, kid. I got this. Friends Up now. your what? Up your what, Dad? That was kind of a funny line, actually. That's, that the, that's, the the only good, that's the only good moment. In the, there's nothing good about this. There is nothing good about this. Well, now hold on. Music, no, no. The music was, is horrid. The yes. Ed, utterly terrible. I challenge you. Tell me something that's good. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. I think. I think. I think the. I think Sal. I think Sally Feel is bad. I think everything is horrible. Hold Tell on. Me. Wait a minute. I know there's something. Um, I can think of something. Hold on. I don't know. Uh, you right. talk about. No, no, I'll, uh, the, um... All right, while you're thinking, why why are his parents in this? Oh, mystery for the next, for the Prometheus sequel. It's all going to tie in. It's all going to make one movie that's going to be a prequel to all the franchises. It's going to be a pre-Prometheus, pre-Metheus. I know, oh, here, here's one. Uh, <laughs> Tom's already trying. Wait, there's so much more Spider-Man to, to rake. When he's playing hide-and-seek with, I guess, his dad early yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, the broom. And not only does he hide a broom behind a curtain that, with boots, yeah. but he puts a hat on top of the broom yeah. behind the curtain. That's the not hat. a good thing. I was trying to think of something good. I know there's something good in the movie. Because no, uh, the dad doesn't wear a hat. And the broom wouldn't would keep the hat. What kind of game is that? At first, I was kind of hopeful that this was all a delusion of the kids, that the kid had put that there, and that he would, that the, the, the parents were already dead, and he was living in this house alone, and he had created this game where he would, like, make this dad out of a broom. And then what, <laughs> what develops is that That's interesting. has been ransacked, and now I'm going to leave my kid behind. People are after us. Uh, see you, kid. Including the mom. Is she a scientist? Are there any Osbournes in the movie? Why am yeah, I wait. Asking? That's right. Why does the mom get taken, but yeah. not the kid? How Bec- come the mom doesn't raise him? Just curious. Yeah, Dingus, can you answer that? Mark Webb. Uh, she, she's the one who draws the spiders, I think, and he needs her to draw spiders for him. All <laughs> right, on the black part. It's a crucial could, part of the you, equation. Could you fuck up the spider-biting scene anymore? <laughs> No, yeah, because he gets into the room. You remember how right. he gets into the room? That that magic keypad. Okay, there you go. That was good. Instead of just having a regular old like tin key keypad thing with numbers, there's the fancy little slidey positional fingertip reading keypad. There you go. He also breaks everything in that room, and no one notices it or observes it. And then he gets out of the room off screen. Damn the spider hole. See any of the spiders? They're just sort of negative creatures that fall on him. And then he leaves. Yeah, and he's then an idiot. He's supposed to be a genius. And it's only that's only topped by how awful the, his his learning his powers scene scenes are. <sighs> Remember, he got a bottle of beer put on his forehead. Remember that? Yeah, that that, that was totally motivated. And then that guy got offended. When <laughs> he Peter started it. Someone's clothes. Yeah. Hey, are, you, are you sticking to the ceiling? That's it, bitch. It's on. <laughs> and then the whole subway starts attacking him. That's the thing, yeah, he inadvertently, like, sexually molests this poor woman by ripping her clothes off. And the bum takes issue with that, because putting a bottle on a sleeping guy's head with beer in it, it's one thing. I think that was his girlfriend, that guy's girlfriend. I don't think he's a bum. I think no, he was trying to impress his girlfriend. Hey, check this out. See this check beer? Check this out. I've got a bottle your- of beer on a subway. Cause <laughs> See that handsome young man? Watch this. <laughs> 
Watch what he does. Dingus, Watch you, when it cracks and nothing happens. You've done far more character work than the script, by the way. Just on that observation about the uh, relationship between the girl and the bum. So you guys would never watch this movie again for fun? God, no. Ugh. I totally would. I think it's great. I put it... Did you guys see uh, Cool as Ice? The Hold on, I'm going I'm to write down your quote. I think it's great. Yep. Kelly Wand. All right. Uh, no, 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 nobody sees Cool as Ice. What, oh, okay. Cool as Ice is so fucking good. It's, uh, it's I would watch that before I would watch this again. He yeah. has to get the brainy girl to mm-hmm. loosen up using his rap. And there's gangsters in it, too. Is there better skateboarding in that movie than in this There's a, There's skateboarding, and in their first date, it's in an abandoned house. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's there's not in, skateboarding in Cool as Ice. He goes to... I might be thinking of Scott Pilgrim. But Showgirls, Cool as Ice. One, two, three, See what Tom did? He just avoided naming one thing he liked about the movie. That's a defeat. That's Tom admitting defeat. Here you go. Here's what I liked. I liked Kelly Wand agreeing with the music. <laughs> You're right. That was my favorite moment. Good point. Uh, Kelly Wand, let's do a three by three. Speaking oh. of genetics. Yeah. Do you guys like this topic? I really give a shit. What is it? I don't again? I still don't understand it. But yeah, I, uh, yeah, I loved it. Well when you hear Next, my choices, topic says, These are the three best uses of genetics in a movie. <laughs> no, not best. Awesomest. Oh, awesomest. Sorry. Wait. Awesomest uses, usages of geneticists in a movie. So three best genetics characters. And tell you what inspired this, or do you need to elaborate or explain, or... What we watched last week? I kind of forget. Brave? Okay, so it wasn't that. Um, I don't know. All right. Avengers? No. Because the mutants it would be more genetic. The X-Men would be more... Oh, let me change one of my answers. Hold on. All right. Remember how great the Avengers was? No. One doesn't, yeah. Oh, good point. I remember very vividly how great it wasn't. What are our predictions? So, here's the the comfort I I take from seeing Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Is that the Batman movie can't possibly be worse than the Amazing Spider-Man movie. I think it's going to be awful. But I just feel like... It's funny. Now, why, can funny. you say honestly, why do you keep saying you think it's going to be awful? Just because you're lowering your expectations, or do you honestly feel that way? I honestly feel that way based on Inception, which, Dingus, you were okay with a lot of the things that bothered me with Inception, so maybe you'll like the Batman movie. But I think of it because of Inception, because it's got freaking... I don't I don't want to ruin anything, but I, I've accidentally seen pictures of Anne Hathaway as Catwoman, and that just looks, it looks ridiculous. It looks like something from a Joel Schumacher Batman movie. Uh... What I'll else? For that. I mean, where else are you going to go? Like, I never. Christian Bale's fine, but he was never the selling point for for the movie. What makes Dark Knight great is, of course, Heath Ledger and his you know you know his his, uh, con- his contrast point. to Christian Bale. And I wasn't a big fan of Batman Begins. It was fine, um, but Eckhart but, was good too. And Eckhart was great, exactly. And the the, the, the those three and, and and Maggie Gyllenhaal was fantastic. Yeah. The, those four right there uh, are what made Dark Knight great. Third movies are never good. In a series. Well, The Godfather. Oh, yeah. Special. <laughs> and Alien. Jaws 3. Spider-Man. And Terminator. <laughs> uh, all right, so... Star uh, Wars. Genetics. Let's do a... Uh, Raiders. Uh, Dingus, you are doing next week's 3x3, three three, so what's your number three awesomest use of genetics in a movie? I love I love making Tom say stupid 
Uh, <laughs> now, unfortunately, we have to actually say other words, but it was still worth that five seconds just now. <laughs> well, there'll be more because I'll have to repeat it from time to time. So, hmm. is this my least favorite, or wait, your least favorite of my topics ever? Who said I didn't like it? See? Uh huh. All right. Play it your way. We'll see what happens. By the way, who won the game that? Uh, the Spider-Man game that I invented. Spider-Man you know, won. <laughs> I regret nothing. Whose turn is I it? Think, I think Kelly Wand wins uh, for uh, I Agree with the Music, which was my favorite moment in the movie, when he said, I agree with the music. Well, it could, apply, it could apply to so many moments in the movie, which is the thing. It was a timeless comment. Right. It, it could apply at any moment in the movie's freaking two hours and 20 minutes running time. Which yeah, music? Exactly. <laughs> That's my number one for genetics, too. Was the music. All right, well, first, uh, Dingus, what's your number three? What do you got for us? All right, I've got a quote for me. Okay. In the sixth grade, he went into business breeding Dalmatian mice, which he sold to a pet shop in oh. Little Tokyo. I don't, I don't know whose voice you think you're doing, but that's a good pick. Thank you. Did you think that you were Gene Hackman? Yeah, no, I thought I was Alec Baldwin. <laughs> oh, my uh, God, you did, didn't you? Wow. <laughs> that was Dingus's Alec Baldwin we just heard, Kelly Wand. From which movie? From Royal Tenenbaums. Alec Baldwin's in that? He's the narrator. He's the narrator, and uh, he's, uh, he's narrating about Chaz, young Chaz, uh, creates a strain of super mice, of Dalmatian mice, and um, that's my number three favorite uh, use of genetics in a movie. Kelly Wan, or Dingus, uh, what's your name again? Dingus, I think, you're, I think you're applying a little bit of your enthusiasm for comic book movies, because I don't recall them being super mice. Uh, they're super to me. That's, that's okay, that works. Super to me, man. Uh, I love the, just the visual gag of those little Dalmatian mice. I have the one of the I have a movie poster in my house for Royal Tenenbaums, and it's there's just the adorable little it, like the movie poster. It's it's such a Wes Anderson tableau kind of thing with so many elements from the movie, and I just love the little Dalmatian mice and mouse in the corner with the little dots on him. It's uh, hard for me to see your movie posters around the giant Magic Mike poster. <laughs> above That's not head. a poster. That's no poster. What the uh, Channing Channing Tatum. So, um, Tom had chosen this for best running gags, I think, and uh, I love the idea of uh, a young Chaz uh, just uh, tinkering with the genetics of mice to create these little Dalmatian mice. I already, I already like Dingus's pick better than any of mine. We can just stop. Don't think I won't. <laughs> no, I, you know, I came up with three stupid things for this list. I'm going to say them. By golly! All right, my number three. Let me give you guys a line from the movie. By golly. Uh, by gum. Uh, okay, here's a line from the movie. Uh, your, one of your eyes is one color and the other one's another color. That, what's, what's up with that? Uh, man with the x-ray eyes? No, imagine it's, that's my Rose Byrne voice, by the way. One of your eyes. Oh, wait, no, Rose, yeah, Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne. It's my Rose Byrne impression. Your, your eye, this eye's brown and that one's green. What's the deal there? What, what's going on? That's bridesmaids. <laughs> Close. One of your eyes is one color. Uh, she's saying it to a little boy. She's like a military. Twenty-eight weeks later. God, it took a long time. <laughs> uh, I just like. Seems the... too easy. 
Uh, I'm not. These aren't. None of these are very challenging. Uh, no, I, I like the idea that they have to subvert the the rage virus stuff from the first movie. Uh, the script, which I think it was it Alex Garland or did Fernando? Uh, yeah, it was Alex Garland. Or no, 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 it wasn't Alex Garland. If that helps. <laughs> well, he did the the he did Twenty Eight Days Later, but Twenty Eight Weeks Later, not Mayores, who who it was involved. It involved seven times as many writers. I can't believe I can't think of the director's name. Help me out here. I just saw the last, the Fernando Meares movie, the guy that did Blindness. I just saw it 360. But uh, who's the guy that did Intacto and 28 Weeks Later? I can't believe I can't think of this. Juan Carlos Fresnadillo. Yes. Fresnadillo, not Fernando. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. He had to come up with, the script had to come up with some way to subvert the rage virus. So they just have this idea that some people are genetically predisposed to not. To, to be carriers, but not show exhibit, not show symptoms. Uh, and the way the visual that they do this is with the little boy and his mother, and they both have different colored eyes, uh, and they play with that in the movie. Um, and I don't want to spoil the movie in case anybody hasn't seen it. And plus, another thing, uh, I just sort of feel bad that 28 weeks later hasn't been on a three by three for at least two or three weeks, and I just That's felt true. I needed to do something about that. So it, we're 25 weeks short of what I would have asked for. Yeah, I really like that. I really like that, Tom, because they because it's important. It's an important part of that movie. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I like it. All right. Good. So, Kelly, one. What do you got to? Uh, so far, we've got two. Uh, Dingus, I think, is still winning. But but what do you got for your number three, Kelly? One. Your number three use of ge- awesomest genetics in a movie. <laughs> My number three is uh, Martin Sheen and Sally Field. Give us a line. Give us a line. Oh. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Your your aunt walked 12 blocks. Go apologize to her, and then I'll go walk 12 blocks, and I'll call you as I'm walking and tell you what a hero you are to me, even though I'm super pissed at you. And you How won't listen you? to it. I dare a you. Of you my ben, computer. please, I'm married to you. And that, right. wait, that will be on the, the Academy Awards reel when this movie is nominated. That's the scene that they'll show. How dare you? It made me feel bad for myself. But good for you guys. Um, there's also another Sally Field in my list. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. How is that genetics? Because <laughs> they're supposed to be um, married. <laughs> I don't think you know how genetics works, Kelly Wand. Oh. Well, I meant, well, yeah, but they're related to him, kind of. So that means they might have spider blood. Like Aunt May could get the virus. The spider virus. related. <laughs> so I, yeah. almost, I one almost... of them. Whoa, whoa! Now wait. We, we, okay, one of them is related to one of Peter's parents somehow, even though they never describe. Is it like Sally Field's sisters, the mom, or some shit? I'm assuming that uh, it's the brother. It's Martin yeah. Sheen's brother. Yeah. Is this really your part. choice? Shut the fuck! <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Wait, his dad's the Ghostbusters composer? Ray Parker Jr.? Ah, gotcha. <laughs> I can't believe you made me say that. Oh, my it's God. Richard, it's Richard Parker. Oh, crap. Richard Parker. Oh. Yeah. So I almost did for mine before I realized, wait, that's not genetics. Uh, you guys didn't see the movie The Debt. But in The Debt, let me see if I get this right. Uh, so we all on this podcast know who Martin Sokas is, but most people don't. He's a character actor. I think he's Czech. Uh, he played Galadriel's husband in the Lord of the Rings movies. He's in one of the four movies. Yeah, very good, Kelly Wand. Thank you. Uh, so Martin Sokas, Sam Worthington, and Jessica Chastain all play young Mossad agents. 
uh, in the beginning of the debt, and they've got to go into East Berlin and kidnap uh, an accused Nazi war criminal. Uh, so that's the, basically the first half of the debt. Now, the second half of the debt, they've all grown up, and, you know, it's modern times. Uh, so they either need to put them in old people makeup, or like here's Guy what Pierce. they do. They, like Guy Pierce in Prometheus, or they can recast the parts, you see. Mm. So what we see is what actors will grow up into what other actors. Right. So, for instance, Jessica Chastain grows up into Helen Mirren. And that's not, I mean, they don't look anything alike, but, you know, whatever. They're both great actresses. However, Sam Worthington grows up to be, uh, do you guys know who Syrian Hines is? Fuck no. Yeah. Wait. See, Dingus it's, does. So let's see, what would you know? He from Tinker, no. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. He's one of the guys that Kelly Wan made fun of for not having enough lines. Yeah, he's the guy who doesn't talk. He, I, I really like him. Take that, actor. Yeah. He's the villain, by the way, in Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. Uh huh. You saw the and you ah you. I did. So, so so a young Syrian Hines is Sam Worthington, and Martin Sokis grows up into Tom Wilkinson. So I almost picked that as my number three, but I realized wait wait that's not genetics. That's just people getting yeah, old. That is. No, it's not. No, how is that genetics? genetics? How is that genetics? Because it because genetics is like how you're gonna how you're gonna look as you age. It's also gerontology. It's two different terms that mean nothing right gerontology different terms exactly. yeah exactly and gerontology <laughs> oh, by the my. way is 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 an is the study of nouns that end in ing you're not <sighs> tricking me uh all right so that's kelly Wan's number hey, is uh the fact that uncle tiki, tiki tiki dangling participles <laughs> you don't even know what so, so what is it? it's it's the <laughs> fact that the yeah. aunt and the uncle are related to him Sam that Worthington also, to Syrian Hines. I have to write shit now. No, no, that's not my pick. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, Wait, you were going to put that down as your own number three. Kelly, when you're number <laughs> that three. That was number two. No, 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 no. Oh, uh, you went on for so long about that, and no, I had to figure I, I had out to, how to spell Sam Worthington's name. God. Well, I had to diagram it out to say it. And my point is that's not just genetic. like Peter did to, for Reese And just like, so, Kelly, Wan, would this also apply to Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru? Uh, wait, those are their names in Spider-Man? <laughs> Kelly Wan, I'm uncomfortable with you snooping around my office, uh, and now I'm going to leave. Yeah, well, there's a giant rat eating uh, some shit over here. Oh, and then when Gwen evacuates, she hits the evacuate button, no one in the building goes, wait, why are we evacuating? <laughs> oh, because that hot redhead in the miniskirt pulled the switch. Did you know, I just want to say, when you made that gag about snooping around in the building and leaving, I, I'm so... Here's how much I'm over Amazing Spider-Man. I instead thought you were doing a riff on the opening scene with Olivia Munn and Channing Tatum in Magic Mike. Aha, <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh, there's an office scene in Magic Mike. It's not an office, it's his house. They have a really cute exchange. Uh, and then he, he hits the evacuate switch? So to speak. No, that's an awesome. That's oh, it's such a great scene. Yeah. All right, so let's go to our number two. So, Kelly Wan, that was not, don't write the debt down. That's not one of my picks. I'm sorry. I hate you. <laughs> I'll, have, I I'll have two other confusing picks for you later. But first, Dingus, what is your number two choice for awesomest use of genetics in a movie? Give us a line, maybe. <laughs> All right, here's a line from it. Mm -hmm. Owen got busy. It's a whole family of supers. Looks like I hit the jackpot. Oh, this is just too good. That's my number two. Dingus, you're a jerk. Let's skip Dingus's number two and go to mine. Right. What is yours, Tom? 
Wait a minute. I, actually, maybe that's not. Owen got busy. Owen oh, got. Owen's got busy. Oh, Ant got busy. Wait, yeah, I don't know what Dingus is saying. Is, is it Jason? Are you doing Jason Lee's voice, Dingus? I'm not doing his voice because I got st- uh, stomped down on the Alec Baldwin thing, but it is a Jason Lee uh, line. Okay, yeah, you stole mine. Uh, yeah. Well, my line was going to be uh, actually I didn't have one. Ant <laughs> got busy. No, it's uh, it's a cartoon. It's a Brad Bird movie. Wait, cartoons aren't movies. This one is. It's it's less of a cartoon than The Amazing Spider-Man. <sighs> Boy, I'll say. Mm. Uh, and Dingus, what is the genet? What's the movie, and what is the use of genetics? Uh, the movie would be The Incredibles, mm-hmm. and Mister Incredible and Elastigirl pass on their powers to Dash, Dashel Parr, and Violet Parr. Uh, to awesome different. effect. To I'm, I'm sorry, to awesomest effect. Actually, no. My then it's not my number two because I think Dingus picked the wrong one. My, All right, mine is the reveal about Jack Jack at the end. So there, suck it. Oh, the no, Dash I, I much prefer Dash and um, and Violet to Jack Jack. Well, but as far as like a gag about Jack. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you know that that uh, that the two kids are going to be super kids, but but you know the the whole joke about uh, Jack Jack and how they play about you know Dingus, you've had to get babysitters before, and I'm sure your son has given the babysitter a hard time. You know they they play with that joke in Incredibles with Jack Jack, and and then Jack Jack saves the day. You know you think the climactic scene is going to be the fighting of the robot, but it's uh, Jason Lee's character and Jack Jack. So I think right. it's a way better pick of genetics. And and you know, having just watched that recently, I didn't realize that does the does do the parents ever realize the reveal? No, they do not. Uh, I think, and I kind of hate this, but I think Pixar did a short about Jack Jack shortly after the Incredibles. Uh, it's like on the DVD or something, which I feel like I need. I know all I need to about uh, his his just crazy unbridled power at the end of Incredibles. I don't need. What to about the short. Animatrix? How many times did you watch? His powers, uh, Jack Jack's powers are really disturbing. They are like, scary. Yeah, yeah, not for not for kids. It should be. I mean, it's demonic. It's it, it's it's bizarre. Some serious Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance stuff. Yeah, I would I, say that too. I was going to say Joe Dante's Twilight Zone segment. There's a little right. of that. There's a little like a little creepy, crazy, over the top stuff. Yeah, Kelly, one have you seen The Incredibles? No, I only see David Lynch movies. <laughs> They're cartoons. <laughs> But I, I prefer I prefer Violet and Dash, especially Violet, because of the way that she's dealing with wanting to be normal, and he's well, and him too. The way he's dealing with wanting to be who he is, and I, I love the fact that these two superheroes got together and passed on their genes to their kids, and this is these are the things that came out. And, uh, and just imagining why why one of them is super speed and one of them has a. a force field power i'd love that movie so much and again i just watched it again with my son and i i just love watching that movie wait a minute hold on hold on hold on so i have i have decided you know what i'm gonna be this is gonna be a weekly thing i have decided that your son needs to see the avengers i am now putting this is now no no, i'm making a public campaign that dingus the son needs to see the avengers and dingus has some reservations that uh there's too much talking or son will want to you know, it's too plot-driven or whatever. Dingus thinks his son's not ready for the Avengers. That's uh, my problem with the Avengers. <laughs> Way too much plot, man. Fuck. Dingus, why did you watch... So, so he can... He's... It's okay. Like, you're on board with him seeing The Incredibles, but not The Avengers? What's the matter with you? The Incredibles is its own universe. The Avengers has, uh, as we said when we watched it, is 
is an amalgam of all these other storylines and mythologies being pushed into one movie. And we were amazed that it worked. And one of the problems when we watched it was this little kid behind us constantly asking his dad, who's that? What's that? Why? Who's that person? He's Why? CG, What's going son. On? That's another CG, son. And that might be fine for watching it at home, and, and we'll eventually do that. But again... You know, my my son was crawling into his mother's lap during the bear stuff in Brave, and I think some of the stuff in the Avengers is no. What we talked about this before? What what would skip? What would be too much? I thought your objection was that it was too plot driven. What what would what would your son? Because I was thinking about the Avengers. I think he's ready. I don't think there's anything in the Avengers that would be too intense for him. What do you think? Like, where? What are you thinking of? Make him watch Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Uh, Kelly, why don't you stay out of this? I know how to raise Dingus's kid better than you. <laughs> uh, okay, I, I don't want to give a major plot point away, but but a character dies in this who's one of my favorite characters oh, yeah. in, oh, the, in this series of movies, and oh. I think that's that's a, a pretty intense moment, and it really affected me. Wait, Phil? Oh, that's right. Yeah. And I and I think that that moment for him is going to be a little too intense based on the things that he's seen so far. Okay, I might have to suspend my campaign for maybe a couple of years, but I will uh, resume it. All right, that's fine. I hate both of you. Wait, so <laughs> Mr. Well, Incredible. You. <laughs> well, rarely does anyone. But his last name's Incredible, so her maiden name was... Credible? What? <laughs> She's All a- right, continue not talking to Juan. Thank you. Uh, I, you know what, I, I'm, I've work. come around to preferring Dingus's pick, by the way. I, mine's more of a gag, but Dingus is more uh, character-driven. So. This is more of a gag reel. Kind of a gag, yeah. Uh, all right, gag, so, re- gag reflex. So there's two picks for The Incredibles. Kelly Wan, what do you have for your number two slot if it's not The Incredibles? What's the number two awesomest use of genetics in a movie? This is my only good one. <laughs> I can't believe we're doing this topic. You can't uh, even say it with a straight face. Uh, God. Say for so me. You, you actually have a good one. It's not Uncle Ben. Is this one actually genetics, Kelly Wand? Yeah, but <laughs> it's also kind of in my head, mm-hmm. which is technically a genetic thing, because mm-hmm. my head was inside. A... Oh, I totally want to talk about moms for a minute, but I guess we shouldn't do that on this. Let's save one. that for the. Say, let's sandbag that for a podcast no one's going to listen to. We'll do that for the the Freudian analysis podcast. Oh. My number two awesomest use of genetics in a motion picture is the press conference in the movie Splice, <laughs> where those two things, like, attack each other. <laughs> That's actually a good one. <laughs> yeah, I love that scene. Really, Like, I love that scene. It's, it's like a Cronenberg kind of thing. But in my mind's eye, it ends with the guy standing up at the end and doing a slow clap, like, after... <laughs> All the bloodshed, and then the curtain goes down. And then that, go, that was before that, that was movie, great. That was really before that movie really jumped the rails and became ridiculous, isn't it? Like it, it was yeah. when it was still kind of creepy and had this weird, icky science kind of stuff going on. Uh, yeah, I'm starting to like bad scientist characters, like Prometheus, sort of like a little too aggressive in that department. But Splice. Um, that really was the greatest press conference in a movie. That's what the topic should have been. That's what I meant to say. Can we switch it? We're not too far in. Uh, you can table that for a later 3x3. Three three. Splice, but with the slow clap. Thank right. You. I like or that. slice, but with the splow clap. Mm, let's go with your first one. Only one. Death. Dingus, what is your number one pick for awesomest use of genetics in a movie? 
All right. I'm going to bring the room down a little bit here. Uh-oh. Oh. What a bummer. We're so high. I know. We are high. But here, here's a quote from it. Mom, I need to ask you something. Do you remember what year we brought you up here to the first place? First of all, I couldn't tell what actor he thought he was doing, so that's no help. Are you talking to me now? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Trying to figure out what's... Mom, I want to ask you... What brought me down here in the what first... What brought place? me down here? No, do you remember what year we brought you up here to the first place? <laughs> that's what I said. That's totally what I said. <laughs> Look what I did to Tom. I made him another buffoon. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, uh-huh. Mom, do you remember the first place I brought you here to? Do you remember oh, the first place I brought you here from? So what's that from? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait. Oh, uh, no. wait, wait. I think it's a uh, waning trip to Bountiful. No? no. <laughs> okay. Mom? I'll stop talking in that tone. To- oh, oh, oh. Nothing, anyone. Okay, good. First place I brought you up here? First place Do you remember I what year we brought you up here to the first place? It was 86. Okay, first off, he's changing the quote every time. I'm yeah, sure. I know. It's a different one. He's, he's doing He's fucking it. with us. He's totally pulling a Kobayashi Maru on us. Bad genetics. All right, here's an easier quote for you guys. Okay. okay. Did you ever have any dreams? I mean, like, bad dreams? Inception. Pfft, whatever. See, he's to- it's Inception, right? No, I think it's the Boogans. <laughs> whenever I... Whenever I do this movie, you always guess Inception. That's, what, that's one of my I favorite I always guess things. the Boogans. What yeah. is it that I'm confusing with Inception? That Dingus, Mom, when you came up here the first time, do you remember what was up here? It's not yeah. when you came up here. It's do you remember the year we brought you up here? Do you remember the what first... year the bad dreams we brought you up here to have started? Up here where? To a space station? Are the they attic? No, flowers in the attic. No, uh, Solaris. Wait. Oh, it's someone locked in an attic. Uh, uh, burnt offerings. Uh, 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 what's the one with Katie Holmes in the furnace? Uh, the, uh, the don't look now in the dark. Don't, don't look in the dark. The dark. Be, the dark's not good for you. <laughs> don't, don't stay married to Tom Cruise. Don't, oh, oh, too soon. Oh, sorry. Uh, I don't, I don't think I've seen this movie, whatever it is, Dingus, because I think I would remember the lines about mom, do you remember up here where we brought you that year? So after he asks her about bad dreams, she says she never had bad dreams. Oh, no, I got dead gummit, dingus. <laughs> That's not, well, yeah, that is a good Genetics. one. That, dead gummit. Yeah, that's right. That's adorable. We just met dingus's dog, Abby, or Lucy. <laughs> that is adorable. Abby, Abby comes to a bad end. You don't want to go. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't, yeah. So that, that, yeah. that, uh, introduce, who was that, dingus? Introduce her to everyone. Uh, that's my puppy, Honey. She's uh, she's usually in bed by this time, but uh, but she's freaking out because I'm talking on a podcast. Oh, pick pick that dog up, hold her on her back, and rub her tummy. She's uh, as big as I am, so I'm not going to do that right now. All right. Uh, so Dingus actually has picked a good one, but uh, it's I, I, and I can't believe you can't get it, Kelly Wand. Um, I suck. I'm not good. At that. Uh, we all put it on our top ten movies of. Last I prefer to see it as Dingus is bad acting, but the reality is. I'm not a good wine remember. Imagine that Dingus thinks that's what Michael Shannon sounds like. <laughs> oh, that can't just be on every fucking list. You know what? It can for this one, though. It totally can for this one, and but especially because it supports my interpretation of the movie, which you yahoos think <laughs> is not as airtight as I think it is. By the way, everything in Spider-Man was a dream, except for the slow clap. 
We should be so lucky. Uh, Dingus, tell folks what you picked and why the genetics uh, vindicate my interpretation. The loser only had one hand. I'm not going to say that because I don't want to give away the end of this awesome movie. This is Take Shelter. And um, the genetics involved here are, are involve Curtis dealing with his mother. And his mother is in a home, an assisted living home, because she's uh, she has schizophrenia. And the part of the driving force in Curtis's life at this point in the movie is wondering whether or not he has it too, and whether or not the things that he's experiencing as far as the dreams he's having, which are which you see from the moment the movie begins, is something that his mother has passed on to him. Does he have the same mental illness that his mother has? And so when you were talking about genetics, Kelly Wand, I eventually stumbled upon this because... Curtis's fear is, is is a fear about his genetic destiny, and uh, and as I've said uh, about a thousand and fifty thousand times, um, I agree with Tom that that is part of the problem. I just disagree with him that it's mutually exclusive to the other interpretation at the end. But I love the idea of genetics as it works into Curtis's fear of what he's going through. Otherwise, he's just a character who wonders what the hell's going on. But he he has he's been front loaded with information because of of his mom and dealing with his mom. And that scene with Kathy Baker, with Michael Shannon and Kathy Baker, is much shorter than I remember. But it's such a great scene where he's sitting there and talking to her and trying to get a feel for for when she went into the uh, when they took her up to assisted living the first time. Her her whisper, like she does one like. I, I love watching, like, as far as two actors working together, I love that scene. And when she drops her voice to a whisper, it's this really chilling effect. God, I love that scene. Uh, yeah, yeah, she she has this moment where she says, where she answers his thing about dreams, about saying there was this panic that took hold of me, and she starts to talk about voices, and he just stops her and says, that's okay. Yeah. He, he basically says, you don't have to talk about this. So would it be weird to confess that I... F- personally find Kathy Baker oddly sexy. Is that weird? No, that's not weird. I'll be right back, guys. Okay. Uh, Dingus has to to excuse himself to his bunk. He apparently agrees with me on on that. Kelly Wan, are you down with that? Kathy Baker being very sexy? She the one that was nude in About Schmidt? What? In the jacuzzi? And Misery? Isn't she Annie Wilkes? No. Oh, God. Kelly Wan. That's Kathy Bates. What's the matter oh, yeah. with you? Which Who's... one's Kathy Baker? Kathy Baker was the mother in Take Shelter. I remember her from a movie called Jackknife way back when with Robert De Niro and uh, Ed Harris. Um, Wait, was... Take Shelter, the mom was Jessica Chastain. No, the, that's the wife. Uh, uh, Curtis's mom, who he goes to see in the in the home, in the assisted uh, living home. You're, uh, you're weird, though. She's, you're right, you know, Kelly, she's no Veronica Cartwright, I'll give you that. Or Sarah Palin. You're, oh. Uh, you're, you're, dude, you're alone on that, I'm telling you. <laughs> no, I'm you, not. The country is behind me on that no, one, by the way. No, they're not. Certainly all the Republicans in the country are. There is one hot Republican, but I forget who it is right now. Chris Christie? <laughs> He's all right. I'd hit that. <laughs> Why did you know that was a dude? I was hoping you would not know that was a dude. Uh, all right, uh, let's go to my number one pick. For genetics, are you ready for this, Kelly Wand? My number one pick. Let me give you a line. Uh, 
holy cats, she's got weird genes which let her do superhuman things like jump around a lot and punch people. <laughs> Electra? Close. Uh, Hannah. Very good. Ah. Very good. <laughs> Me well, back Hannah's, for picking Hannah's the topic. a good one. I like Hannah. That's well, true. The, the thing about genetics. genetics and Hannah is that it's just a it's just a plot device, or as Kelly Wan would say, a Deus Ex Machina. Uh, the, the whole Chekhov's gun. The Chekhov's gun in Hannah is is her weird genetics, and they don't explain it. She's just from a program of genetically accelerated test tube babies, and they're they're breeding for super spies. Whatever. The movie's not concerned with that. The point of that is to allow there to later be a scene. Uh, that mirrors the idea of an adopted child confronting her her adoptive parent, uh, and and just how that's kind of a rite of passage because that's ultimately what Hannah is about about a uh, a, a woman's relationship to her father uh, discovering her identity and that the metaphor is kind of like you know what, what does an adopted child have to go through uh, and they just use genetics as a way to sort of do a shorthand hey she's a super soldier she's not Eric Bana's biological daughter. Uh, but she is his daughter, and we're just going to throw, you know, we're going to have her carry around this piece of paper with a bunch of numbers on it to just show that she's got some weird genetic abnormality that, that they detect. Uh, and that explains why she can, you know, punch people and jump around and do superhuman stuff. And uh, very quick cuts. Yeah. Not really. Mm. There's, some, there's some nice long sequence. Come on. How many quick cuts are in the subway fight, Kelly Wand? But that's Eric yeah. Bana, though, so right. you have a point. Uh, and that... Come on, the the snow fight, the fight in the container park, uh, Joe the Wright fight with her dad in the apartment. I love that fight. Yeah, Joe Wright holds the camera. He's on holding him. back though. Well, of course he is. It's his daughter. Well, it's not a real fight, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Wan has a point. Uh, all right, so there's my number one is Hannah. Kelly Wan, what do you see? Have... Uh, yeah. Did you ever see Boys from Brazil? Is that your number one pick? No. Because <laughs> it's kind of like Jurassic Park, but with Hitler. Isn't that the premise of Boys from Brazil? Listen to Dingus. Encourage you. I'm out, outraged. I think that was how it was pitched. Right. Wait, it's Jurassic Park meets what? Well, isn't it they clone Hitler from like a, yeah. a from a mosquito frozen in amber? Uh, Tom, that's not how genetics work at all. Did you learn nothing from Splice and the Slow Clap? <laughs> I love the idea of the the uh, auto, uh, animatronic ride, but with Hitler's, Hitler dolls instead of the dinosaurs. And they're kid Hitlers, too. It's not full girl. Yeah. It's the little kid the, Hitler. Little baby Hitlers and right. animated ones. You're on to something here, Dingus. There's a whole theme park you could build out of that. Wait, he's what animatronic ride? At Disneyland? Like Small World? It's the Boys from Brazil ride at Disneyland, Kelly Wong. Oh, by the you way, know, in Jurassic Park, they sit in that little... It's like a Nazi little... small world. Right. It's a Nazi small world. The dinosaur thing, it's just like you're... That's what I don't get about that fucking thing. It's like you're on a train going by the dinosaurs. Like, oh, back in the days of train travel, you just... There were dinosaurs back in the 1840s. Well, duh. Take away. Well, that was like the 1820s. That the Canthropus didn't come out until 3D. Never mind. Well, number know, one. Wait a minute, hold on. Did you guys know, this is not a joke, this is a real thing. In, uh, in Euro Disney, there is an Armageddon ride. Oh. Yep. I only want to go on it with you and only on acid and then punch you in the face as hard as I can. As I'm totally go. down with that except for the punching part. What? <laughs> that was the only part I was serious about. <laughs> That is such a, Wait, that's, what a great movie. that's a great movie line. Please write that down, Tom. 
Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm totally it's down with that. movie Armageddon, or it's like... The movie uh, Armageddon. It's the behind, mo- kind of. Nope, it's the movie Armageddon. Uh, it's a, I think it's like one of those 3D like ride things. Paris gets destroyed in Armageddon, so it's interesting that it's in Euro Disney. It's not destroyed, it just gets smacked around by asteroids a little bit. Paris will endure. It's, you know, it's, it's as a city, it's got heart. Yeah. Sorry. Kelly, what is your number one pick for awesomest use of genetics in a movie? Wait, in the rock. Hang on. Yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't been on it. Uh-huh. I haven't been on it. It's on my bucket list, though. Is the Deep Impact ride at Knott's Berry Farm considered too close? <laughs> <laughs> I win. No. Okay. Um, wait, are you, like, on the asteroid, or are you on the Earth watching an asteroid come at you, and then You're, you, you have space sickness, and you have to deal with that during the ride. That's a real thing, Dingus. You'll feel I'd ride a moon ride, like a Sam Rockwell moon ride. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah. On his birthday and squeeze his leg. You know? how, come you're, how come I get punched in the face and Dingus gets his leg squeezed? Oh, look at him. Look at you. Come on. <laughs> that came out. Uh, the difference between moon and Armageddon. It's a fair point. Uh, yeah. All right, so Kevin, what's your number one pick for awesomest use of genetics in a movie or motion picture event? Not a documentary. Uh... My number one... Wait, this one's kind of dumb, even for me. What? No. Even I can be dumb occasionally. But in this instance, I may have outdone myself. Okay, it's Sally Field again, but you know my thing about how you pretend movie characters who are in one movie or they're like the same character in another movie? No, no, no. Kelly, yeah. we don't. We hate you, and we hope you die. Okay. Um, remember in Punchline... This is so dumb. I'm going to say no. Okay. <laughs> Wait, there's one. I think it was a Gary Marshall movie. I'm probably wrong. With Steve Close. Who the fuck knows? Anyway, uh, Tom Hanks is like the bad boy of stand-up in that movie. And Sally Field's like the housewife who learns to um, not care about doing... I don't know. She's married to John Goodman and like does sex jokes about him and like learns to make audiences laugh like Jay Leno. Kind of thing. You guys see that? No, it, no. Is, do they genetically enhance her to do this in Punchline? No, 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 no. But oh. then in Forrest Gump, she's Tom Hanks's mom instead of his love interest. So I pretend that it's the same characters, and like she's left John Goodman and given birth to, like she doesn't know that's her son she's competing against in the stand-up off in Punchline. So it's like Forrest Gump's a prequel. There's some weird Freudian stuff going on. Kelly Wan, I think you need to see... Uh, oh, Rats. What's that last David Cronenberg movie about Freud and Jung? Prometheus. Oh, uh... <laughs> the new one? Cosmopolis? No, dadgummit. What's, don't tell me anything about Cosmopolis. What's the uh, dangerous method? Kelly Wan, I think I, I prescribed you a viewing of dangerous method. Ah, uh, you prescribe it. Like yes. Uh, I get that mixed up with the Leo Tolstoy one. Uh, that's uh, the station. Uh, last, the last station. Last station, yes. Give me, a, give me a tougher quiz, Kelly. One, I got both of those. What's another one? Colin Farrell turned down being in Cosmopolis because he wanted to be in the Total Recall reboot because he said the budget was bigger. What's that tell you? That they spent more money on the Total Recall reboot. No, it doesn't tell you that. All right, that's my list. All right, welcome, uh, America ru- and runners up, runners up. I don't have any. Anyone have runners up? No, I want to get out of this nightmare. Dingus, what is next week's three by three? Top that. <laughs> Thank you so tough, Miroski. <laughs> this is 
the dumbest topic I've ever come up with. Um, and I'm so excited that you guys started talking the way you talked uh, at the end of this podcast. And, and I promise you that uh, this was not this is not a response to what you guys were saying. This is what I had in mind all along. Uh-oh. So this topic is called If Michael Bay Had Made It. Oh. And I love it. What I originally thought about for this was uh, top three scenes Michael Bade would have screwed up. So uh, the original thought was because people had been uh, I, one of the things I really loved about this stupid movie Immortals, which you guys hated and I really liked, was that you can really tell what's going on in that first fight. You can really see everything that's going on in the first fight. I love the way the fights are done in Immortals, and I think Michael Bay would have screwed that up. But I, but I think just just confining it to three scenes he would have screwed up is a little bit crappy, especially since we have at least one person on this podcast who is a huge Michael Bay. I'm not going to say apologist, but fan. Not true. Not true. Not true at all. I see more as a fluffer. <laughs> we have one person on this movie who acknowledges the greatness of Armageddon, but otherwise loathes Michael Bay. You mean Bay. as a ride or as a... As a snooze fest in a movie theater tell you one as a criteria as a criterion uh blu-ray slash dvd product i like it as an actual event that hasn't happened yet and it's taken forever <laughs> so this is this is pretty much wide open um and i'm i'm really ha- I'm, I'm happy and sad that kelly brought up moon when you guys were talking about armageddon because moon was something i had in my back pocket is something i'm not sure which scene but i'm sure i can work on a scene that Michael Bay would have screwed up if he had had a choice. So, so imagine like the scene where the 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 uh, where Sam is playing ping pong and how Michael Bay would have cut that scene. Um, so you you can choose to either use uh, three scenes that Michael Bay it doesn't it, Michael Bay is sort of a uh, a placeholder for the way scenes are cut. Like for instance, um, this means war. When we saw This Means War, which is which is a movie I I enjoyed watching because I got to see it with you guys, um, but that first that first action set piece represents everything I hate about the way action is shot so much now. Uh, I can't tell who's fighting, I can't tell what the hell's going on. Somebody rips somebody's suit. I don't know what's going on because it's quick cutting and it's loud and there's cg money flying everywhere and uh it could have been a cool action set piece and and mick g can do those but he didn't do it then so i'm not meaning to just denigrate mr bay but i'm just calling it this if michael bay had made it so you choose three scenes from movies you already like and you uh you have michael bay direct them and uh and he can either uh ruin them or improve them yeah, Kelly Wand. Wait, can we pick existing Michael Bay movies? No. Oh. <laughs> he already directed those. Stop. <laughs> All right. Dingus has a point, Kelly Wand. Yeah, but what it like his early work and his his later work? I said no. I'm I'm actually going to say no to you for once. No. What about the Simon West guy who's just like him but like slightly less lame? Simon West is another word for Michael Bay. And you know it. Dingus, can we use next week's movie as our pick? Um, I don't know yet. But ah, interesting. Oh. All right. 
Uh, all right, so that'll be our three by three next week. We are not going to see what is opening next week. I think they're they're oh, we're not going to see Ice Age three. Uh, the the squirrel goes to Europe or whatever it is. We're not seeing that. <laughs> we aren't even going to the theater. We are going to stay home and rent Yay. a DVD of a movie that came out last year. It was actually shot in 2005. The story behind this movie is arguably as interesting as the movie itself. Uh, we invite you to watch the movie Margaret, directed by Kenneth Lonergan, who did uh, You Can Count on Me. Uh, it's You know what? I'm not going to say anything about it, uh, but there will be plenty... To talk about about it next week, and then afterwards we will follow up with three scenes that Michael Bay would have ruined. No, Dingus, say it for me again. How do you? If how Michael do you, Bay had made it. That's if, just it. If, and you guys can do with that whatever you will. It's good. kind of an open topic. If Michael Bay had made it. Okay, so uh, those of you listening, see Margaret on DVD this week. Uh, give some thought to what would happen if Michael Bay had made it. We'll be uh, picking three submissions each for that. Oh. Uh, yes, Kelly Wand. Well, I just thought you were advising them to watch Margaret, and as they watched it, visualize <laughs> what it would be like if Michael Bay and they, they let me let me make it clear: these are scenes, track. Kelly. Yep. I'm telling talking to you right now. What three scenes? Not three movies. Three ah. scenes. See, see, Kelly Wand. Who you... made the rest of the movie? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, so he came in for one day. Like it's Spielberg's like, sick. Uh, I can't do the terminal today. They said, like, Steve Purcell, uh, I, we need you to do a pass on Brave, and uh, we, we need Michael Bay to do a pass on this movie and just do one scene. Or, like, supposedly Danny Boyle came in for the opening part of uh, 28 Weeks Later. Ah, very good. So. Is Michael Bay the one who puts white doves and everything? Kelly Wan, that's racist, first of all. Uh, all right, so join us for that next week. My name is Tom Chick, and I have been joined by, uh, let's see, I wrote down how to pronounce it, Christian Merlansky. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> and uh, Kelly Wand. Why do people say think to themselves, like I thought to myself? Spider-Man, Spider-Man, They didn't sing that song in the reboot. It should have. Hey, remember that in the second one, there's an Asian girl just singing various versions of it? Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Uh, remember how awesome the music in Avengers was, according to you yes. guys? Yes. Now, do you still I listen remember? to that. Kelly One, when I go running, I listen to the soundtrack to the Avengers. What do you think of that? You go running? Oh, does it pun are you like Michael Fassbender in Shame? Running? Exactly. Thank you. That's exactly what I was going for. Thank you. Because yes. I run to Carrie Mulligan singing New York, New York. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Didn't you hear my Americana dote? Ah, do you have an Americana dote? That's right, because no. you've been in America for the last week or so. Oh, yeah. Just it was The weather was perfect the whole week, and all I did was hear you guys bitch and moan. Not you two, and you you two are two of the good ones, but, like, everyone was like, oh, it's so cold. And it was like, perfect weather. You guys don't know how Wait, easy you have. it was cold in L.A.? By your pussified standards. Not you. 
Not anyone you know. Not anyone I even talked to, and not anyone who really exists. But it was really annoying. And Angelinos in general, I say, right? Angelino Jolie. She was bitching a lot about the wind chill. Brown Derby. <laughs> Why are they laughing? They'd be laughing out of. You know what, though? I hope people who worked on Spider-Man were sitting around us that night. You did uh, You did have an offer. Right after the movie ended, you said you had, specifically for Mark Webb, you wanted to deliver something to him at a specific place. Do you remember <laughs> what you said? No. It involved uh, a bodily function and his front porch. Oh, that could be anything. Give me some specifics. I think I'll just leave that. Wait, front porch was a euphemism? Because that's not normally. 